You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Father's Dream, Part 6. Enjoy. God is so good. He's so passionately in love with you. And nothing can, can change that. And He's got this dream that won't go away. He sees you and Him going through life together. He sees you walking by His side, hearing His voice, knowing His nature, knowing His will, stepping on the devil's head and setting captives free. That's how He sees you. He sees you strong and healthy, happy and joyful. He sees you wise, knowing what to do, knowing which way to go, knowing who to talk to, knowing what to say and not what to say. He sees you richly provided for. It's the Father's dream. And that's what we're talking about at Highway Church. And in John 17, 3, we looked at the Passion Translation. Let's put that up there again. This gives us a definition of eternal life, which is the Father's dream. And the Passion Translation says it this way. Eternal life means to know and experience you. <laughs> I love that. That's it. That's the gospel. Jesus came so that we could daily taste God. So that we could eat Jesus every day. So that we would know him. So that his presence would be inside of us. And he'd be with us and in us everywhere we go. Now this dream was broken through sin. We know that. But the dream was reborn through Jesus. Jesus was uh, reborn from death to life. Jesus died. And I remember years and years ago, I heard theologians arguing about whether Jesus really died. I thought, what? I mean, you know, well studied, you know, highly esteemed. Well, we don't know that he actually died. If he didn't die, we're sunk. How can, he had to die. How can you raise from the dead if you didn't die? <laughs> right? If you didn't die, there's no resurrection. I don't know if you've heard that debate, but... It's a common one. He didn't really, he died. He defeated death. He was reborn. He was the firstborn from among the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, a new family was born. And when you put your faith in Christ, you were born into that family. You were reborn. You were made new. And, and 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 describes you. Let's read it. This is the, uh, I think it's the New Revised Standard Version. This is talking about you. Do you know this is you? You're in this family now. You're just as much a son or daughter of God as Jesus. You're, he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus, the Father. So you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. Do you see yourself in this way? Hallelujah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I used to be when I first got saved, but a lot of years have passed, and I'm not so royal anymore. Not true. You're as clean as the day you got saved. And you'll be as clean, as white as snow for the rest of your life. What does Isaiah say? Your, your, your sins, although they be as, as, uh, as was it, scarlet? What's, help me out here. As scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Crimson. I like that. So you're clean for the rest of your life. You're royal for the rest of your life. You're chosen for the rest of your life. You're a holy nation. You're God's own people. Why? So that you can proclaim, that you can show forth, you can display the mighty acts of Him. 
We were driving through Newport last night. We saw some pretty displays in the store windows. But that's what you are. You're a, you're a, a display of the goodness of God. So when people meet you, they're going to see how good God is. You're like that beautiful store window that, that people just stop and stare at. That you might display the mighty acts of him who called you out of. You remember last week we talked about ecclesia, the Greek word for church? Well, these two words, there's two Greek words here, called you out of. And they're the two words when you combine them is where ecclesia comes from. You were called out of. He's talking about the church in this verse. You were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's put up the New Living Translation of that. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Isn't that good? This is what the Father's dream is. You showing others how good he is. You knowing it yourself and displaying it to those you meet. For he called you out of, there it is again, the darkness. In the darkness, you don't know how good God is. You don't know that he's your healer. No. You don't know what a land flowing with milk and honey is like. But in the light, man, you're taking baths in it. Right? For he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're seeing who we are, aren't we? So as the called out ones, we're not here to criticize people, right? We're not here to tell the world what they're doing right or wrong. You might not know that if you follow a lot of Christian media. Some feel it's become their responsibility to rebuke the world, but it's not. What are we here for? To demonstrate how good God is. It's good to know what your purpose is. To demonstrate how good God is. So it doesn't matter who I meet or what they're involved in, I don't get bent out of shape by their lifestyle. I'm thinking, how can I show them how good He is? How can I let them know how much He loves them? I'm not thinking, oh, did they, they really live that way? Did they? Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, this is atrocious. No. Look at the Phillips New Testament. It is for you now. To what? To demonstrate the goodness of Him. <laughs> That's your purpose. So we get up in the morning, we're thinking of demonstrating His goodness to everyone we come in contact with. Who's called you out of darkness into His amazing light. Look at verse 10 in the Phillips. In the past, you were not a people at all. Now, however... You are the people of God. Amen. You can't walk far enough away from God. You're His. You know, there's a lot of another debate uh, in the body of Christ. Well, you can't say once saved, always saved. I mean, if you say that, people are going to think they can live any way they want to. How silly. Listen, when you're saved, you're saved forever. I know that ruffles religious feathers, but it's true anyway. You can be sure for the rest of your life that you're His, no matter what. The rest of your life, it's a guarantee. If it's not, we're all sunk. 
Because what, what people have done, they've looked at other people and they, they've judged them as their behaviors. Yeah, they, they've gone over. That's too much. They, you know, they, they've lost their salvation because I've, I've judged their conduct as, you know, hitting that mark. But what we all fail to realize is we're all fall short. You know, on God's scale, we've all blown it. I hate to break the news to everybody, but, we, but through Christ, we've made it. Right? And, and we've made it for the rest of our lives. He's made us successful in God. And no one can take that away from you. And that gives you a confidence and a joy to stop examining yourself and to shout. To look forward to each new day. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. This is a whole new way of thinking, isn't it? Verse 10, did we read that yet? Oh, in the past, there we go. In the past, you had no experience of his mercy. Oh, wow, I have been there. And that's a dark, hopeless place. But now, it is intimately yours. intimately yours. So this is a whole new way of thinking. Everyone we meet, we want them to experience God's mercy, God's love. We want people to know that our Father is the one from whom every good and kindness imaginable flows. Hallelujah. So this is what the church is. It's not a building. It's not a political organization. It's not a social organization. It's not a church. It's not a charity. It's, it's people full of Jesus. It's people who know intimately the mercy of God. It's people who are demonstrating to the world how good he is. We're the ones called to do this. Isn't this awesome? Hallelujah. So we're called out and we're summoned together for a specific purpose and this is it. We're called out from the world's way of thinking into God's way of thinking, out of darkness into light, out of the power of Satan into the power of God, out of the world's purpose into God's purpose. Amen. So what's the divine purpose? What's God's dream all about? Every man, woman, and child in a relationship Amen. with him. That's it. Every man, woman, and child knowing him personally, intimately, walking with him each day. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus? Because really, the word church, that's what it's supposed to be. This is supposed to be a place where people can come in and experience Jesus. Yes. Not judgment. Love, right? How are we going to do that? Well, at Highway Church, you'll hear me say this regularly, we do that by three things. By, by, by communicating, teaching to people through this word and by the Spirit, number one, who Jesus really is, what he's done for us, and who we are now in Christ. Okay? If you'll learn those three things, your relationship with God will, will transform you for the rest of your life. Who he is, not who man says he is, not who religious tradition says he is, but who he really is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, what he's already done for you through his death, burial, and resurrection, and who we are now in him. So that's what Highway Church is. It's a place where people can come and grow in these three things, all right? Now, can I, can I shock you a little bit? You know that. You're used to it by now, right? This is the Father's dream, but you want to know something. He can't fulfill it without you. God needs you to fulfill his dream. 
Isn't that amazing? I thought God could do anything. No, he can't. That's an ignorant statement. God can do anything. All things are possible with him in terms of his power. He's perfect in power and he's sovereign. But in his sovereignty and in his perfect power, he decided to make man in his image. That's a big deal. And we all have been given a free will. And he made us in his image to live in a relationship with him. And if you're outside of that relationship, you're going to be confused and you're not going to understand what life is all about. Because it's all about knowing him. But he also made us to work together with him. I love how the Holy Spirit put it through Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Look what it says here. For we are laborers. Are you kidding me? Together with God? He must love us. He must, he must think about us a lot. I've come to that conclusion by looking at the scriptures. He thinks about us a lot. You're on his payroll. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. It's a pretty word for farm or something that grows in a greenhouse. You're God's building. You're God's dream house. I like how the ISV says, the International Standard Verse says, for we are God's... You got to see yourself this way. How important are you to him? He can't do this without you. He can't. The Phillips New Testament says this, in this work, we work with God. Wow, who do you work with? God. Ooh, taking my lunch break with God. Come on. Hallelujah. So here we are, co-workers with God. Made equal with Him. You know what co means? Did a pastor just say we're equal with God? That's got to be blasphemy. No, it's the Bible. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You, God made you through his son as righteous as he is. You're as equal as Jesus is. Not because of us, because of him. There's no blasphemy in that statement. That's the gospel. So what about you, co-worker? Do you have any dreams? Anything you'd really like to see happen in your lifetime. Now, I'm not talking about the stuff that happens when you're sleeping. Or that like, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I could? I'm talking about like this stuff that's way down deep inside of you. That just keeps stirring. And it won't go away. This God stuff. Way, way deep down in here. Now, if you're not in an intimate relationship with him, you can miss this stuff. And I didn't know because I didn't grow up in a relationship. But I, I, as I got to know him, I found out, oh, well, there's things deposited inside of me that are from heaven. Yes. And you too. Yes. Now, you understand that 
people want to give us advice, right? And that's, that's fine. But the, the problem with man's advice is it uh, falls short. We're not finding fault. We're all people, right? We all fall short. But man is trying to be positive, and that's good. And, and you'll hear this. You'll see it in movies, and it makes you smile. It's nice. They'll say, you can be anything you want to be if you just believe. That sounds positive. And it's like, oh, cool. And I appreciate the positive sentiment of that and understand what they're trying to say, but it's really not true. Right. Hear me. This is positive. An apple will never be an orange, no matter what it believes or how many dreams it has. And that's good because we need both. We need apples and oranges. I love apples. I love oranges. The reason that man's advice falls short is because man didn't create you. Man didn't make you. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know how you work. So if you end up listening to man's advice, and boy, there's more of it out there than ever with the internet and all the talk shows. And if you end up listening to man's advice about your life and the things you think and feel, you're going to be led in the wrong direction. Simply because they didn't make you. And they don't understand you. There's a greater reality to you. You were knit together in your mother's womb by God. He handcrafted you. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Wow. And you're the only you he's ever made. And if you want to discover who the real you really is, give your whole self to him. And you'll live the rest of your life without regrets. So when God handcrafted you, he deposited inside of you God dreams. Things from heaven. Things that it, when you uncover them, you realize, I have to accomplish these things before I leave earth. Because these things inside of me are from my Father. So God has this master dream, right? He wants to see every man, woman, and child tasting him every day. Yeah. Eating and drinking him every day. And within that master dream, he's deposited inside of every man, woman, and child, God dreams. That will enable the master dream to be fulfilled. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So inside of every person, he's deposited this dream. And when you discover what that dream is, and then the person next to you discovers what the dream God deposited, because they're different, we're all different. We all have different dreams inside of us. I'm talking about God dreams, not world dreams. For I'll give you an example, when I was growing up, I, mean, I didn't grow up in a family that knew the Lord, went to church every Sunday, but it was just a dark, lonely place. I, my family was messed up, a lot of fighting and pain in the home. But I, you know, I, I didn't know why. As a kid, I'd take walks, and I, I liked to talk. Not, not, not around people. I was kind of quiet. But when I got by myself, I would just start giving messages I didn't know anything about the Bible or pastor or anything at all. Just like these ideas would come out. I'd be walking in the woods preaching. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought, this is really weird. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm whatever, 12 years old walking around doing this. And I thought, what could this ever be for? 
And the only thing I saw as I got older, I, thought, I saw, well, politicians give speeches, and I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't know. What is this for? And there was music inside of me. And I didn't know, but I, I just knew these things were inside of me, and I had to go with it, you know. And then I came to know Christ at 19. And as I, I got in this relationship with him, he began to unveil his God dream for my life, to proclaim his goodness through the word and through music. And there was, I didn't find a job description out there for me. I really didn't. I still haven't found one. <laughs> but I'm doing what he's called me to do. And if I would have went to man, I mean, they didn't, they didn't know what to tell me. The guidance counselor at school, they have you fill out your, you know, your paper. What do you like to do? Okay, you like to do, okay, you must be one of these, you know. Well, where's the work at? Go into this field, right? No. There's a God dream inside of you, and he wants you to discover that. So how do you discover God's dream? How do you, how do you know for sure what you are made for? It's not by struggling. It's not by trial and error. <laughs> it's through an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's by making him the treasure and passion of your daily life. You realize you can live your whole life and follow some other dream and never fulfill God's dream for your life. And the world will applaud you. You can be famous and sought after. But when it's all said and done, you wouldn't have accomplished what you were made for. Because the only way you can really discover the, the intimacies of this, the details of it, is letting Christ unveil it to you. Because he's the one who put it in there. So during this, this is my sweater, my Christmas sweater, by the way. You know what this reminds me? That there's only a week left to shop. So that's why I wear this. So. But during this season of giving, wouldn't it be great to discover God's dream for your life? To just, how do I, where do I go? Where do I start? Who do I call? Just decide right now, Jesus, from this moment on, you're it for me. You're my consuming passion. I want to know you more every day. And you're on your way. See, when you give yourself to him, not only is he revealed, but his dream for your life is revealed Amen. and uncovered. And here we are. It's been exciting to watch since 2014, these last three plus years, the people that God has brought together. Yes. And it, it's just, I love, I get to hear, and I'm sure you do too, but just talking with the different people, how this all came about in their lives. Everyone has a different story. And boy, it's amazing what God has begun here. Amen. And boy, it's just beginning. But when you set your heart on Jesus, I mean, I'm going to choose him above every TV show, above every, um, you know, esteemed person in my life or, or in the world, above every talent, above every dream. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to taste him. I'm going to get to know him. When you do this, it, it, cleans, it clears out all the clutter inside. And things that don't need to be in my thinking begin to separate you know, things that used to be unclear to me become clear. 
And I realized, you know what, I don't really need that anymore. That's not really who I am. And only God can do this. There's no counseling. There's no uh, way man can ever do this. It's a Holy Spirit thing. And that's what I want to pray for you. We're going to continue in the Word, but right now I just feel led to pray for you to realize how much God loves you and His dream and purpose for your life. Father, thank you for everyone here in this place this morning. Thank you for everyone listening right now, online, or later, Lord. The Holy Spirit asks you to reveal yourself to them. Let them know how important they are to you. And reveal your life purpose, your dream to them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you to begin dreaming God's dream for your life. I heard a pastor say this, uh, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco. I thought it was excellent. And listen to this. This is so good. He was, I forget exactly what we were, we were at, listening to a session that he was at at a conference in uh, he was kind of talking about God's calling or God's purpose for your life. And same thing we're talking about now. He said that when, when God has put something inside of you, it won't go away. And he said a statement that was very bold. He said, I've come to trust that in my life as much as I trust the Bible. Right. Right. <laughs> that thing God put inside of me, I've come to know that so well, I trust it as much as I do the Bible. Right. That's huge. You can't do that apart from relationship. Because what you'll find is the same God who wrote the Bible wrote the dream he put inside of you. That's right. That's and it's right. just as trustworthy. Right. Yeah. This is good. This is destiny talk right here. Look at Psalm 37. So here, let's uncover your dream. Because we're all together now and it is, we're having a blast. We're, we're seeing people healed, whole, set free, lives restored. And it's going to grow. Amen. And here's a key to the dream of God. Let's go to uh, the New King James first, guys. Where to go? This is Psalm 37. We're going to read verses 3 through 5. This is how to, how to uncover God's dream for your life. Okay? How to discover what you were made for. It starts right here. Trust in the Lord. Can't do it apart from that. And do good. Dwell in the land. And here it is. Feed on his faithfulness. Boy, that's intimate, right? You can't get any more intimate than what you put in your mouth. Right? Because it becomes a part of your body. Feed on his faithfulness. Eat it every single day. How do you feed on his faithfulness? You remind yourself of what he's done for you. You dig through the Bible, find the promises, the, the things that declare, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for me so that in him I might become the righteousness of God. So I meditate on that throughout the day. God, you made me righteous. You put my sins on your son Jesus and you gave me your righteousness. I'm free from sin now. What am I doing? I'm feeding on his faithfulness. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8.1. I'm feeding on his faithfulness. He satisfies my desires with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm feeding on his faithfulness. Psalm 103, right? The New Century Version, go ahead and put that up there now. The little blurb there. 
Feed on truth. Oh, man. Listen, there are so many talk shows on that are just entertainment. And if you're going to talk shows for your guidance and counseling in life, sorry. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Oprah or Dr. Phil, but they're out there. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just giving worldly advice. They're searching, but it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. You need to go right to the Holy Spirit. You need to hear from the Bible, from the Scriptures, who you are. You need to feed on truth. If you're not feeding on truth, you're never going to fulfill your life, your God's dream for your life. You got to eat it. Jesus said this. We're going to go back to Psalm 37 in a second. He said on uh, John 6:57, He says, "As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so He who feeds on Doctor Phil and Oprah and and Harry and." Ellen, and no, he who feeds on me will live because of me. So God, it's not up to God, right? Who determines what I eat? I do, right? I've got to feed on Jesus. I've got to eat him. I've got to have him for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a midnight snack, man. Right? All right, let's go back to Psalm 37, verse 3 in the Amplified. Oh, this is so good. We're not talking about religion here, are we? No. Nope. We're, we're, we don't have anything to do with religion anymore. We're in a relationship. Trust, verse 3. Lean on. Rely on. And be confident. You want a picture of what that means? You should see me in our new couch recliner. <laughs> Woo! I want to thank Dana publicly for our couch. Where's Dana at? We were shopping for a couch, and, and Dana, when, first thing she ran to this couch in the furniture store, she jumped in and she said, Mom and Dad, we need some luxury. <laughs> because the, the couch had cup holders and had USB ports and had recliners. So <laughs> we had ended up being we liked it. So, <laughs> but, but listen, lean on him like you're in a recliner. When you're in a recliner, you, you're at rest. You know that, you, that, that, that he's got you. Lean on him. And this recliner is cool. It's got so many buttons, I, I have to read the manual to recline. <laughs> but it's got five buttons on the side. Two here, two here, and one in the middle. So I always miss it the first few times, but eventually. But you can go all the way back, and you hit this one, and it just brings your head up. But when you're leaning on Jesus, you can go all the way back. And he'll lift your head. He'll lift whatever part of your life needs to be lifted for you to go where you need to be go. He's, he's, got, he's so flexible. Isaiah says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is how he does. You can lean on him completely. You can be confident in the Lord. And do good, so shall you dwell in the land. If you're trusting, leaning on, relying, and being confident in him. And feed securely on his faithfulness. And truly, you shall be fed. Look at verse 4 in the New King James. This is the kicker. Ready? Delight yourself. That word delight 
It comes from the same Latin root word as delicious. Make God your favorite dessert. Realize how delicious it is to walk through life in relationship with Him. Delight yourself in the Lord. And He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, listen, this is not meant to be hard at all. But if you're not delighting yourself in the Lord, your desires can lead you astray. It's just, they can direct us where we don't want to go or where we think we should go, but we shouldn't go. It, it's like we become skewed if we're not in, in, in an intimate relationship with him. We, our, our thinking isn't right. We, we get led in places that we really shouldn't be. So delighting ourselves in him is a safeguard for us. It keeps us moving in the right direction. Yes. The verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. And He, not you, He shall bring it to pass. I mean, that's just three verses. How many times do talk about Him? Trust in the Lord. Dwell in the land. Feed on His faithfulness. Lean on Him. Um, feed securely on His faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. He shall give you the desire. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He shall. It's all about Him. It's all about how much He loves you. Delight. It's the same, same, same concept as delicious. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see. How delicious God is. Taste and see the Lord is good. The Amplify. You get the Amplify up there? Yeah. Taste and see that the Lord our God is good. What does bless mean? I, uh, we, we need to de-religify that word. Bless me. What's it mean? Really, really happy. Crazy happy. Nothing can make me sad happy. That's what bless means. Happy, fortunate, yes. to be envied yes. is the man yes. who eats Jesus, <laughs> who trusts and takes refuge in him. The message translation says it this way open your mouth and taste, right? Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth. Scores and scores of believers are going through each day of their life and they're not saying the promises of God. This is how you taste him. Open your mouth, declare by the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. Amen. Jesus himself took my infirmities and carried my diseases and by his wounds I've been healed. That's tasting him. Amen. Open your mouth and taste Jesus. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's tasting Jesus. Open your mouth. Don't go through life. You can't eat anything with your mouth closed. Can you imagine going to the Brazilian grill and what a mess. Life is a mess when you're not speaking the promises of God. You can't get nourished. You can't be strong. Open up your mouth. De declare they're true about you right now. 
Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed. So happy you'll never be sad again. So happy depression can't touch this. You'll be tempted to be sad again. You'll be tempted to be depressed. But you won't give into it because you're eating Jesus. Blessed are you who run to him. Boy, this is a passionate thing, isn't it? We're talking about your whole life given to Jesus. Religion can't go here. This is, this is real life. This is you living on planet earth consumed with Jesus. New Living Translation. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Wow. New Century Version says, examine and see how good the Lord is. Happy days are here again. Happy is the person who trusts in him. So if I'm not happy, I know I'm not trusting in him. It's a good litmus test. Guaranteed, if I'm, if I'm discouraged, it doesn't take long. I, I, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a somewhere in my life, I'm not putting my confidence in him. Maybe it's in myself. Maybe it's in what I did last week or what so-and-so did or whatever. But if it's not in him, I'm not going to be happy. Young's literal translation. This is good. Oh, the happiness. I really got to think that happy was a bad word because some of the churches I've been in. Really? I mean, the pastor looked mad. And if you weren't mad, he was mad because you were happy. How backwards is that? What does that tell us? That person who's mad in the pulpit isn't trusting the Lord. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's exactly what it tells us. People in full-time ministry should be happy people. Yes. Smiley faces. Oh, the happiness of the man who trusts in him. Let's look at this word delight a little bit. What does delight mean? We're talking about delighting in the Lord. Well... It means to take great pleasure in. Take great pleasure in the Lord. It means enjoyment. Joy. A high degree of gratification. Extreme satisfaction. That's why the Rolling Stones wrote that tune. I can't get no satisfaction. They weren't delighting themselves in the Lord. Right? They would have changed the lyrics if they knew him, right? That's right. right? They, they would have wrote a song called Extreme Satisfaction, right? It means to revel in. I never even saw this word in this context, to luxuriate in. Where's Dana, my luxury, my luxury daughter? There you are, right? Luxuriate in Jesus, eh? You're right, Dana. We all need luxury. <laughs> luxuriate luxuriate yourself in him man i didn't know that was a word until i read that that's from the uh dictionary of thesaurus wallow in the lord <laughs> glory in adore love admire appreciate cherish relish savor 
eat up, lap up. You ever hear our dog drinking water? <laughs> lap up the goodness of God. Get a kick out of the Lord. Get a kick out of Jesus. Get a thrill out of Jesus. Boy, the religious police are on their way now. Get a charge out of Jesus. Dig Jesus. Dig him. Do you dig him? He's groovy, isn't he? God is so good. Now listen, when you're digging Jesus, when you're, when you're lapping up his goodness, you'll begin to recognize the fake stuff. When you're extremely satisfied with Jesus, you're going to gladly reject the fake because you're going to want 24-7 Jesus. When you have 24-7 access to the real thing, the fake is no longer appealing to you. And there's a lot of fake Jesus out there. I'm talking about things that try and get you to delight yourself in them rather than him. Now, Adam Clark's commentary had this to say about Psalm 37.4. We're almost done. Uh, Adam Clark's commentary, he writes this. Psalm 37, 4, he says, expect all your happiness from him. I want you to think about that for a moment. Expect all your happiness from the Lord and seek it in him. That's great. Expect all your happiness from the Lord and seek it in him. They're really good. You've got to think about that. Expect all of your happiness to come from Him. And seek it only in Him. This will save marriages. Yes. Yes. This will restore lives and relationships. Expect all your happiness from Him. And seek it only in Him. The Life Application Bible had some notes on this I thought were pretty good. And it says, Psalm 37, 4, said, David called us, calls us to take delight in the Lord and to commit everything we have and do to Him. But how do we do this? To delight in someone means to experience great pleasure and joy in his or her presence. And this is the line right here that I like. This happens only when we know that person well. You can't delight in the Lord if you don't know him well. Thus, to delight in the Lord, we must know him better. Knowledge of God's great love for us will indeed give us delight. To commit ourselves to the Lord means entrusting everything, our lives, our families, our jobs, our possessions, to Him. To commit ourselves to the Lord means to trust in Him. Listen to this. Believing that He can care for us better than we can care for ourselves. That's good. Yes. I like that. Yes. 
Psalm 37.4 in the message translation says this, keep company with God. Get in on the best. <laughs> the Bible blesses me so much. Philippians 2.13. See, this is God. He's, he's, he's speaking to us, isn't he? The Holy Spirit is encouraging us this morning to come closer, yes. to know him more. This is God inside of us. See, this Philippians 2.13 says it in another way. It says, for it is God who works where? Inside of you. Right? He's working inside of you. What? To will and to act according to his good purpose, that divine purpose. To know how good he is and to be a, a, sh a showcase of that goodness to those around us. Right? Now, the Weymouth translation, let's see. Let's go to the, actually, uh, yeah, Weymouth translation of that. It says, for it is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will and also brings about the accomplishment of this desire. This is so good. So when you're delighting yourself in him, his power is working inside of you. And he's infusing desires in you. He's revealing life purpose to you. And then that same power brings it about. Wow. I like this. I mean, this is important because we, we don't want to leave this earth without fulfilling his plan for our lives. Last thing, and then we're going we're gonna to close. This is from Jack Hayford. As I know, and I've asked the same question many, many years ago, and I've heard others say, you know, how do I know? the purpose of God for my life? How do I know what he's made me to do? Or how do I know what I'm called to do? And I like what Jack Hayford said. I read this in an email some time ago. Jack Hayford's a pastor out in California. Uh, really, uh, really have gotten a lot from him over the years. But he says, so many people sit in my office and moan, oh, if I only could find the will of God for my life. Yet the will of God is found in your own heart. Isn't that good? Yeah. It's right. In, it's inside of you. Yeah. That's what we just read. It's God himself inside of you, unveiling to you his purpose. You can get good counsel. You can read helpful books. You can diagram your life on the kitchen table. But ultimately, the answer is in your heart. And here's the kicker. And when your heart is totally committed to follow Christ and walk in his ways, you can't miss the will of God for your life. He'll get you there, yes. one way or another. Yes. God, who knows both the beginning and end of your days, will get you there. Amen. Oh, that's so good. Before we pray, let's read Ephesians 2.10, and we're done. Ephesians 2.10. I don't know, Danny, you remember when this was your favorite verse when you were little? Where are you over there? Danny used to like this verse because... Born anew rhymed with that we may do, I think. That's what she, <laughs> she liked to say it out loud. Okay, let's read this. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Don't read too fast now. This is talking about you, right? Have you ever admired something a craftsman made? Like a glider, a rocking chair, a table. It's like, wow, that's beautiful. Look at those legs on the, the design, the detail. You are God's handiwork. Wow. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, 
that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, thank you for the good life. You prearranged it. You made it ready for us to live. And we thank you, Lord. We step into it this morning by, by focusing all of our passion on you, by giving you our whole heart, by giving you every thought, every dream, every desire, every talent, every gift, our whole self to you. Lead us forward into the good life you've made ready for us to live. Reveal your dream and purpose for us, Lord. Bring clarity to who we are and what you've called us to do. Lord, as you've assembled us as your sons and daughters in this place, it's time. It's time to know your plan and purpose for our lives. It's time to stop wondering, to stop looking backwards and to go forward into all that you've prepared for us. And we thank you for you bringing it to pass as we dig you, as we get, get a thrill out of you and take pleasure in you and satisfy ourselves extremely in you. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.